Well, welcome to another episode of the Georgia Re Sports Report. Uh, I'm here with Ian Leonard, Enterprise Managing Editor, and Caitlin Selves, uh, Sports Reporter for the Georgia End. I'm Joseph Pat, the Editor-in-Chief of the Georgia End, uh, filling in for McLean Baxley, our Sports Editor, as host of this great show. <laughs> so we're going to start off with baseball. Uh, this weekend, the baseball team plays UTA here in Statesboro. Uh, they're 17 and 19 overall, uh, 8 and 6 in the conference, and they're pretty good at home, and they're 13 and 8. So, Caitlin, what can we expect this weekend here in State School? Uh, well, UT Arlington has a pretty similar uh, record that we do. They have a 19 and 18 record and a 9 and 6 in the conference, while we have a 17 and 19 and, and also, well, not also, but 8 and 6 in the conference. But we tend to do better when we're home and UTA tends to do worse when they're on the road, so hopefully we can uh, use some of that home field advantage to uh, seal that win. Yeah, and we, we really need to win this series if we have any chance of catching up to South Alabama that played us, and they really struggled against South Alabama. They got swept by South Alabama, uh, but they did good this, on Tuesday, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, just like Joseph and Caitlin said, you know, I think this is going to be really important to just kind of keep that momentum going, you know, coming in against a UTA team that struggles on the road in conference is a really good time for us to get some quality wins and just figure out what we want to do with the bullpen, obviously. Uh, Braxton Johnson pitched a really good game the other day, uh, it was six innings, three hits, uh, and no runs, so that was really great to see and just know that we kind of had those tools to, to close out when they, when they show up. It's just going to be a matter of, you know, kind of finding our rhythm and figuring out what, what we need to do over there in terms of pitching because our defense really needs to be uh, top-notch as we head into the Sun Belt Tournament in May. Yeah, and then usually during the weekend, Seth Schumann pitches and, and Chase Cohen has been really, he's really a good, a good pitcher that we have. But I feel like they need to improve the hitting a lot and that's something that they've struggled throughout the whole season and hopefully they can do that starting this weekend. Uh, so make sure to follow the Jordan Sports as we covered uh, this weekend series against UTA and go to the georgian.com if you want to read the preview by Caitlin and yeah for complete coverage of this series. Moving on to softball, uh, they're back on the winning ways after that 10 game, 10 game losing streak. They have won two of the last three but they have a tough matchup this weekend against the 22nd team in the country in Luciana uh, on the road also. So what can we expect this weekend Caitlin? Uh, well, this weekend, honestly, it all depends on what team walks out on the field. As I've seen with Georgia Southern, their softball team, if they get down, they really don't give up. Like, they, you can see in some games where they've gone scoreless for four innings and then will come back in one inning and put up three runs. Um, they definitely need to focus a little bit more on hitting as uh, Rage, the Raging Cajuns are 22nd in the nation. And they do have a little bit of trouble putting up runs on the board unless they start going on a streak. One person that we can definitely look out for and depend on to put some runs on the board is Macy Coleman has had a she had yep. a great weekend. She on against Jacksonville, she put up three RBIs, which led to their three earned runs that they had out of the four. So uh, definitely expect a good game as long as they show up to play. So what 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 exactly happened during the ten game losing streak and and why why was it so hard for them to win? Well, a lot of those games they fell behind early. 
and as it is, it's really hard to come back early. Some of the games that I've seen them almost come back and win were the last game of the series against UTA last weekend. They were down seven, or they were down eight to nothing, approaching possibly being mercy ruled, and they had a five run inning. And see, it's just the problem is most of the time when they get down early on, they make it's really hard for them to make a comeback. Yeah, I definitely think uh, we've seen fatigue kind of play a role in this season for the softball team. Obviously, we've had a pretty tough schedule, I think, especially kind of in the latter half of the season with all these road games. We've just kind of been stacking on top of each other. Uh, the six of the last nine games we have are on the road, so uh, hopefully we can <clears throat> kind of figure out a rhythm, you know, kind of get a little little more confident on the road going into the Sunbelt tournament, you know, just like with baseball, except you know, obviously softball is coming up a little sooner than later. So, you know, these last few series are going to be really critical, just kind of set the tone of going into the, the tournament and seeing what, you know, what we're going to be able to do. Uh, in the rest of the conference. Yeah, because right now the softball team is bottom three in the conference and they need to be able to climb up before the softball tournament starts in a couple of weeks. Uh, so make sure to check out thegeorgian.com for a complete recap uh, of this weekend's games. Uh, moving on to tennis, uh, the softball tournament is happening right now for tennis. Uh, they're playing in Atlanta. Uh, they're facing Troy right now. They're up 1-0, so uh, keep an eye on that. Sadly for the women's tennis team, the season ended earlier today against Troy. They fell 4-2 to two and finished the season 14-7. and seven. And then the men's golf team is starting their Sunbelt tournament um, participation this weekend on Sunday. They, they start playing, so hopefully Stephen Fisk can uh, continue to perform as great as he has performed throughout this whole season and continue to be one of the best players we have here at Jordan Southern. Moving on to more national news, uh, the NFL Draft is next week, next Thursday. Uh, Cleveland has the number one pick and the New York Giants have the number two pick. Uh, what can we expect from Cleveland on this draft, Ian? You know, I feel like it's the, it's the same tune every year with Cleveland. It's, it's quarterbacks, quarterbacks, quarterbacks. <laughs> I know that they've had some injury issues and, well, with Manziel, I don't even know where to start with that. But uh, <clears throat> in the past, I think that, you know, obviously they have a great candidate in Josh Allen. He had a great combine. He's been a really high prospect, obviously. I think everybody is eyeing them to pick him first overall. But I think for the rest of the draft and just in general, Cleveland definitely needs to focus on protecting that investment because that's really what they've had issues with in the past. I think they need to focus on the O-line and also utilizing Tyrod Taylor. Um, you know, maybe in these games that don't matter as much. I mean, obviously, I'm not going to tell anybody to tank. Uh, I don't think that's tell not the NBA. That. But obviously, they need to be really cognizant of you know where they're putting Josh Allen, how they're playing him, and just making sure that you know he's staying healthy. Because I think that for Cleveland, this is you know probably going to be their greatest chance to to try and you know bring this franchise really back into the shape. One that's got a really long history and it can be a winning team, uh, as we've seen in the past. So, and Cleveland uh, doing free agency did pick up Jarvis Landry from Miami. Uh, I, I think they still struggle with the running game, so I wouldn't be surprised if they picked up a running back in the with the first pick, considering they do have that fourth pick uh, in the draft, so and there's a lot of good quarterbacks out there. What do you think, Caitlin? Uh, personally, there are a lot of different things that different teams need to do to be successful. I think that the Atlanta Falcons can have a great season this year, as long as they fill the holes that they lost last season. They're looking, they need a defensive tackle, and they need a uh, wide receiver. But personal kind of unpopular opinion, 
I think they need to look for a new quarterback, whereas Matt Ryan is definitely in his peak right now. They definitely need to get a younger quarterback to kind of groom and let Matt Ryan show the show him the ropes and how to handle things. So when it does ha come to time that Matt Ryan has to uh, retire the jersey, we do have someone that is ready to take over. Yeah, I totally agree with that, actually. You know, I mean, it's something that is really common in the NFL, and I think if you're maybe not paying as much attention as an avid fan, you may not notice, but that's like that was the tale with Tom Brady. That was the tale with Aaron Rodgers. You know, they kind of had under – they were understudies, so to speak. And then, you know, they kind of come out of nowhere, and all of a sudden, you know, these teams have really strong quarterbacks. So I, I definitely think that uh, that's something Atlanta should be looking into. And I also agree about the defense. Obviously, you know, we didn't, us getting new coordinators last year kind of shook up uh, – you know, the game scheme, so to speak. But, you know, everyone's spoken really highly of, you know, the whole staff there in Atlanta for coaching, as, as far as I've heard. It's just, you know, we did see the same production. Maybe that starts. Well, they, know, they did the change the offensive coordinator, so that might have been a big thing with Kyle Shanahan moving to uh, the 49ers to coach up uh, Matt Breida and now Jared McKinnon that uh, signed with the 49ers this year. Uh, the number two pick goes to the New York Giants. Now, the Giants had a rough season last year, uh, although Beckham got injured. And they do have Eli Manning, a Super Bowl winning champion, but he's really old. And so I, if I see it this way, Cleveland picks the running back, Shaquan Barkley. I see the Giants picking up a quarterback, maybe to be behind Eli. And I don't think they need a wide receiver because if you have seen social media, that Brian is working out with Odell Beckham Jr., so maybe... Des Bryant goes to New York. He does want to stay in the division and face against the Cowboys. So, um, that, that's something to look forward to. And yeah, so the NFL draft is next week, next Thursday. And yesterday they released the NFL schedule. The Atlanta Falcons do open against the Super Bowl champions, Philadelphia Eagles, on the road. Um, so it could be an exciting season in the NFL. Uh, we'll have to wait until September to find out. What is going on right now is the NBA playoffs. Now the NBA playoffs started last week. Uh, there's been a, some series have gone to game three already. Uh, some series are uh, had game three last night. Uh, so the first series is that we're going to talk about is Toronto and Washington. What do you think about that series? Ian? Um, you know, uh, it's not the best series that's going on right now. Obviously, Washington's struggling. Uh, against Toronto, luckily they'll be able to go home uh, soon and start. You know, maybe they can find some magic back in their stadium. But I just, you know, it's it's tough. Wall and Beal are really struggling to produce, and Lowry and DeRozan are, are not at all. They're really clicking, and I think that Toronto is probably going to run away with this one. Though I, you know, it's it's tough for Washington, obviously, just because I, I feel like they do have a strong core, and I think their fans believe that too. It's just it never seems to come together for them in the postseason. So that's a, it's a tough loss for them, but you know it's not like they were playing a bad team. Toronto is really talented this year, probably the best team in the East, other than the fact of the first seed. Yeah, and, and Bradley Beal really struggled in game two. He only had nine points, and that team is built around John Wall and Bradley Beal. So if one of them underperforms, and considering Kyle Lowry and DeRozan can finally play in the playoffs, apparently, uh, that's, I, I honestly see this as a sweep. I don't think Washington can win a game in this series. What do you think, Kayla? Um, well, as yeah, well, that's what happens usually when you put a number one seed versus a number eight seed is you can have an expected outcome. And well, yeah, the uh, Wizards are struggling a bit. 
So game three is tonight at 8 p.m. So hey, Toronto will look to go up 3-0 uh, tonight again in, in Washington. Uh, another series that is really interesting considering in Indiana won game one is Cleveland-Indiana. The series is at 1-1. Game three is tonight as well. Uh, it was a big win in game one with Oladipo scoring 32 points, but LeBron came back game two with 46 points, but it, it was still only a three-point win. Uh, what do you think of that, Ian? Yeah, that's a... Uh that's not great news for Cleveland fans, you know, going into Indiana, the fact that LeBron James is going to put up 46 points and you guys still only win by one possession, uh, that usually doesn't spell success most of the time. I mean, it is LeBron James, so there's always a chance he'll just clutch it out. But I think Cleveland really needs to look for someone else. Someone else has to step up for them. Uh, LeBron James is really obviously the best basketball player in the world, but he's not a cure-all. You know, you need to have that second option, whether that be, uh, you know, love or even, geez, who, who am I thinking? Larry Nance, you know, he could, he could be that guy for them. It's just, it has to be somebody. And I know that they don't have a lot of maybe huge names in the NBA right now, but the playoffs were made for, you know, these kind of like small, small names. Like Terry Rozier has been having a great uh, postseason and he was mostly quiet in the regular season. So I think that, you know, Cleveland needs to look to develop somebody else who can start, you know, being consistent for them because LeBron James, unfortunately, can't do it all by himself. What do you think, Kaden, of this series? Uh, well, like Ian was talking about how LeBron can't do it all by himself, I think one of the main keys to having the uh, best team you can have and to be successful is to have a well-rounded team. Rather not some teams where they just have one person that they bank everything off of, that they depend on, versus you need to have a team that's working together, that's working off each other's strengths, and just making themselves the best they can be, and with that they can be unstoppable. Yeah, I think since uh, Kyrie Irving left uh, a lot of people thought Kevin Love should step up to that number two option and he really hasn't stepped up in this series so he if they they want to win this series and move on they need Kevin Love to be better than that considering LeBron they scored 46 points in game two uh, as I said game three is tonight they play they go to Indiana tonight so be on the lookout for and see maybe all the depot has a big game as well uh, there are the series that uh, happened last night is Philadelphia against Miami. Philadelphia took uh, a 2-1 lead after beating the Heat. Uh, Joel Embiid did come back last night. He was wearing the mask. Uh, and Justice Winston tried to re destroy the mask. but uh, And he did have a good game. Uh, ben Simmons has been having a good game, and Miami struggled a bit. What do you think of that series, Ian? Uh, I think this is probably the most entertaining series on right now you know it's just really physical basketball you know all thanks to the refs really not making any calls last night which I thought was a little odd but yeah it's becoming really physical obviously very becoming very personal uh, we had Dragic in the last game scoring until the very end and then you know the Sixers tried to do it again last night so I think that this is going to be a series to watch but yeah you know I think I've definitely been surprised by the Heat's production I don't know if I quite believe the Heat culture is going to be enough to carry them through the entire postseason but it's definitely shaping up to be a really good one. I think that, you know, this one could go either way. I, I really think the Sixers do have the tools to close it out, but their inexperience has been showing a little bit, so you never know. What do you think of that series, Caitlin? Uh, well, with this series, anytime you look at scores and you see that they're above 100 or they've broken triple digits, you it's either a really boring game or it's a really intense game. And with these, as you can tell, they've all been intense and they've all been really close, which not many people have expected with Philadelphia being number three and Miami being number six, but Miami has brought the heat. And uh, 
Yes, yes. <laughs> and they've definitely used their underdog status to kind of give them a little bit of motivation to push for those wins. One, one, one thing Miami has struggled with is getting Whiteside going. And Whiteside has been a big disappointment this season. As a Heat fan myself, it, it, every time I see him on the court, I, I'm like, it's time for him to sit down as well. It's, it, it shows that he has no interest in going out there. I don't know what's going on. It might be mentally, it might be physically, he might be injured, who knows. But if the Heat want to win this series, they need Whiteside going, and I, I just don't see it happening. Uh, and the, the Miami Heat do need to win game four. Uh, honestly, the series is over. Yeah, and just to you know, jump on that, like I agree about Whiteside, obviously. Their uh, win on the road again in Philadelphia came from kind of some unlikely places. Like They have a lot of weapons on that team. Kelly Olenek had a big game and he was able to kind of close it out for them. So I think that, yeah, they need Whiteside to step up because right now Dragic and Wade just can't do it all on their own. Um, that team is, I think, built to play kind of team basketball, and right now if, if the whole team doesn't show up, it, it doesn't work. Um, Spolster makes some great mid-game adjustments, I've noticed, but again, like Whiteside needs to be a little more present. So game four of the series is tomorrow at 2.30 uh, from Miami. And the rest of the um, the last series on the East is Boston against the Bucks. Game one was really amazing, going to overtime and them hitting those uh, shots at the end of regulation. Uh, but Boston should be able to take that series if Rozier keeps playing the way that he's playing right now. What do you think of that series again? Just want to point out that uh, if you were here last week, you you heard me call this one out. Uh, I told Milwaukee they couldn't sleep on Boston just because. Uh, they're down two great players. They're still a, a great team in the number two seed for a reason. Uh, but yeah, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum have obviously taken over in Boston, and obviously they've had great performances from Rozier and you know a lot of other uh, I think players that people didn't expect to perform as well as they did. So I I just I don't see how Milwaukee bounces back from this, even if they manage to take both games at home. I think it's just going to be too tough for them to kind of you know adjust to what Boston's running right now. They're really struggling to defend, and it just seems like they're not clicking. Uh, so I think that's going to come from coaching, and they're really just going to need to figure out, you know, what kind of basketball they want to play. Because to me, it seems like they don't really know right now. Um, and so I, I just don't see them coming out of this one. What do you think of this series, Caitlin? Uh, I definitely agree with Ian. It's kind of bucks are kind of all over the place. It is impressive and kind of fun to see that they've been able to put up over 100 points on the Celtics as – they're matched up number two and number seven, but it's not really a surprise that the Celtics are taking it. On, for the Bucks, the only player that has been performing uh, throughout the whole season is Giannis. And I'm not getting even gonna try to pronounce his last name, but Giannis. Uh, he has scored 30 points in the past two games in this series, but he has little help against a good Boston team. Although Boston does not have Kyrie Irving, and they don't have Gordon Hayward, um, but. I, I honestly see Boston winning this game, this series in four. Uh, they do play in Milwaukee tonight, so uh, we'll see if the Bucks can rebound with their home court advantage. Uh, now going out west, there's the Golden State against the Spurs. The Golden State Warriors uh, won last night. They took a 3-0 lead in the series. Uh, honestly, I feel like it's too much for the Spurs to handle without Kawhi Leonard. Although Kawhi Leonard might not be coming back next season, who knows? Uh, but LaMarcus Aldridge has been great uh, this series. Yeah, LaMarcus has definitely performed better than anyone expected this season, I think. Um, it, it has been a valiant effort by the Spurs. They're playing 
really good, solid basketball like we can always expect out of San Antonio, but it's it's Warriors and four. They just really don't stand a chance anymore. I, I know that's it's disappointing. It's not fun to watch, but the Warriors just are, are killing them, and it doesn't help that both Clay and KB are playing out of their minds right now. If it was one or the other, maybe they have a chance, but both of them, uh, I don't think so. What do you think, Kayla? Uh, it's definitely a shame that they were set up this way because both teams are great teams, but it just happens to be that the Warriors are the better team, and it's showing with their semi-close scores, but at the same time, that shows during the games and the plays of the Warriors just know what they're doing a little bit more. And that's without uh, Stephen Curry, that he's coming back. He's expected to be back by the second round. Uh, I do feel like Golden State is going to sweep the Spurs. And that's a sentence that's been uttered a lot in the past 20 seasons, but uh, the Spurs don't, just don't have enough. A series that is tied right now, and they do play game three tomorrow, is Thunder against the Utah Jazz, the Oklahoma City Thunder. Uh, Westbrook, uh, Carmelo, and Paul George struggle in the fourth quarter in game two, and Utah does did take home court from them. So what can you expect in this series game? I mean, you know I have no love for uh, Russell Westbrook, but um, I think that it's just it's hard to watch this Thunder team struggle because you, you look at them on paper and you just don't understand. They have Paul George, they have Carmelo Anthony, they have Stephen Adams, they have Russell Westbrook. That should be the recipe for success, and it just seems like it's never come together for them completely in the season. I mean, they've had a couple stints in the regular season where they were really uh, gelling together very well, but it just never seems to last. I think that the name of the game for this team is just consistency. And, you know, they can't afford to slip up against Utah. I know it seems like Utah's kind of riding on Donovan Mitchell's, you know, shoulders right now. And they are, but it's still, it's still a really good team. You know, they're not something to be slept on. And the Thunder really need to get serious and get serious fast if they want to make it out of the first round. What do you think, Caleb? I definitely agree with Ian with the whole gelling and being able to work together and be consistent. Because in basketball, if you start to fall apart, you can fall behind 20 points within five minutes. It's... Really, it's a fast-paced game, and to where the point if y'all aren't working together and your team isn't set up well to the point where they're going to be able to be consistent, then it can be detrimental. Yeah, and when Carmelo and Paul George arrived, people thought that the Thunder might be a great team in the in the West. They just haven't showed it throughout the season. They haven't been consistent throughout the season. But Utah does have a good team. We don't know about Mitchell and Rudy Gobert. Uh, so uh, that's something that to look forward in this series. I feel like the series can go seven, seven games, and it will be an entertaining series. Uh, the series that look closer than it is right now is Houston against the uh, Minnesota uh, Wolves. Now Ian did say a couple of things last week that he might regret, but uh, James Harden and Chris Paul are just too good for the Wolves to do anything about it. Uh. <laughs> yeah, I might have I might have said that maybe the Wolves had a chance here. And I I think on paper they do, but I I just don't even know what to say anymore. Like watching this series has been wholly disappointing for Minnesota fans and myself as not even a Minnesota fan. I was just rooting for them, but they just don't it does not look like they have any clue what they're doing. Cat is not is nowhere to be seen. I think Jeff Teague seems to think he's the guy in Minnesota because he keeps driving the lane on four rockets by himself like he's going to put it in the in the hoop I don't know what's going on like Tibbs needs to get control of this team and start running the floor better but really I just think that Minnesota has kind of spelled their own demise you know Thibodeau obviously is a really acclaimed coach he's very he's a good coach it's just that his 
styles are a little unorthodox. They, you know, he plays his players as long as possible, and I think that's really starting to come to light with the fact that Minnesota really doesn't have a second unit, and the fact that they came in. You know, Jimmy Butler is coming off an injury coming into these play, uh, coming into the playoffs. You know, he just got off of injury two or three games before the playoffs started, so it's really starting to wear on them. And I think that Minnesota just there's no chance they come back from this. If they if they steal a game, I would be astounded. What do you think, Kayla? I uh, definitely, definitely agree with Ian. When it comes to uh, being the number eight, playing the number one, you can't be out there just thinking, I'm going to play my best players until they get tired, and then that'll be it, and they're going to put their best efforts in, and they're going to put us up. Especially when it is the number one, you need to have your best players in for the most important times, which are mainly the beginning of the game, the very end of the game. So... Yeah, and Houston, Houston not only is the number one seed, but he's also the best team in the NBA right now. They did have the uh, best record in the NBA. Uh, I saw you shifting. Is everything okay? I mean, Gold, Golden State's, uh, Golden State's no, the best no. team in the NBA, but he's that's the a, best record. That's a conversation for another time. Okay. Uh, so I do feel like Houston might sweep, uh, might sweep the, the Wolves. So uh, it's a disappointing ending to a great season that looked like uh, for the uh, Minnesota Timberwolves, and we'll see what happens with with them next season. Uh, now, the most disappointing team in the playoffs this year is the Portland Trailblazers. Uh, in their series against the Pelicans, they are down 3-0 after the game last night. Uh, Ian is a big Portland fan, so he, I'm going to let him take it away with this uh, and see what he says about them. I don't know. Like, I... It's hard to watch this series. I'm watching it in my house, and the whole time I'm thinking, man, I really want to go home right now. Uh, it's just... <laughs> And I, I did call this last week mostly out of fear, but that we just can't stop Anthony Davis. Like, what are we supposed to do? We don't have anybody who can handle that. Nurkic has been playing a great season, but he's not. He can't stop Anthony Davis. We can't guard the switch. We can't score. We can't pass. I don't know what's going on, but we just don't. We just don't have it. I really thought uh, this was our year. I was I was hoping Dame time would come through, but it's just there's no way we can bounce back from being this far down. We'd be lucky if we don't get swept at this point. I'm not saying Portland needs to blow it up, but you know, <laughs> I mean, I, ha I got a guy for that if you guys are looking for it really good. We might need to just switch things up. I don't know what's going on. Portland just never can seem to get it done in the postseason. Okay. I think Ian did that. After that rant right, from uh, Ian. I think Ian did uh, that series a lot of justice, but I'm just gonna add on the fact that Personally, I always root for the underdog, so watching a number six beat a number three out is it's a lot of fun. And and the Pelicans do have a, a contender for MVP in Anthony Davis. And honestly, when I saw Rondo was still playing in the NBA, I was surprised, but he's been really good this Drew year. Holiday. This Drew Holiday. Drew Holiday scored. What are we supposed to do? <laughs> and, but Damian and CJ McConnell have really struggled this series, and I don't see them winning. Uh, a game this series. I see them getting swept, and honestly, if they if they want to big games, they they sh you should look into drafting Tuki Brown, right? I mean, at this point, why not? I, I take anybody, but sink or swim, Rip City. Let's go. <laughs> so that's gonna do it for the Georgia and Sports Report. Uh, thank you, Caleb, for joining us this week, Ian, and um, yeah, make sure to check out the Georgia and follow us on Twitter. Um, yeah, thank you so much for coming. <laughs>